When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our new favorite day of the week, Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time Thursdays, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We have Thursday Night Football. Wheel of Time comes out. We get to record Wheel of Time. We get to talk about Wheel of Time. This is the best. So this is episode six, Eyes Without Pity. So very quickly before we get into the episode, I made a little jokey joke at the start of the last episode about how people who only listen should step their game up and comment. And it feels like people definitely listened because the YouTube comments like doubled. Amazing. Or episode five, which was awesome. We were on vacation like the whole weekend and we were just getting drunk and laughing about all of the takes people had. And, and it was a good time. I was too hungover for like two days. So it took me forever to get to them. But thank you for doing them, keep them coming. The discussion has been very fun. So shout out to everybody that is getting involved in it. And classic Bench Town Housekeeping, we cover this show in buckets. So this episode was really testing that structure of the episode. Everyone's kind of flying around, intersecting. So we're going to take Land's initial little scene. We'll take Leandrin and Lanfear's initial little scene. And then we'll do kind of loosely Rand and Kyrian. And then we'll do Falm and Falm will break down the sub buckets themselves into kind of all of the 90s, 90 even lane stuff. We'll take it once. We'll end with the emotional beat down that was a Gwaine storyline. And then hopefully we're not crying at the end and we'll get the sign off. So I know Luke wants to say some things, so I'll let him speak now. Usually I just save my thoughts for whenever the buckets are popping up. But, I, but because like Kyle said, this episode's all over the place. I want to get these out. They're my pretty much solidified opinions about some things that I've been toying back and forth with. I've been hyperbolic about land fear but i am officially off the rails with my hype train like in terms of how great of a character i think she is where i might have even joked about it last week that i said she passed ishi she is definitely my favorite dark friend of the show um i'm just all in and just to to back up me being not biased like I, i'm not biased towards loving her because my relationship with land fear in the books is, was like love hate she wasn't like my favorite I think the show, she has just been pure love. And then also like in terms of her being from Peaky Blinders, that wasn't my favorite character from Natasha either. So it's not like I'm just like a fanboy of her. I think she is. How? In what way? Like, I'm just, I'm explaining. Like, I, she wasn't my favorite from Off Peaky Blinders. he's a fanboy. Well, <laughs> now, literally yeah, yeah, because yeah. of this performance, for sure. I just wanted to put that out there. I think she has been a blessing to this show. And I'm really happy we're going to have her for a while. That was point one. Point two is... The Sean Chen are starting to lay the foundation for becoming one of my favorite fantasy factions of all time. I'm not saying they're there, but like the things that we have seen already, the emotions they have made me feel specifically after this episode, they're up there, man. They aesthetically look amazing. 
and just the amazing nuance that they're representing in the show of how they are the most evil bastards alive, like with how they treated Egwene and what they do to women who can channel. But at the same time, if you're a regular regular person, they keep emphasizing like they're kind of good rulers. So like that nuance, I think, is coming across really well. And just the level of tension anytime we're talking about Damane, it's amazing. So like those two points aside, I'm at the opinion in Wheel of Time now where I'm no longer looking for the show to convince me that this is a good show. I'm back on the side of convince me this is not a really good show. And that took probably until this span of episode four, five, and six that I think have been amazing. This is the highest rated on IMDb as of now. That'll probably come down a little bit, but I'm just looking at the ratings and it's like, I think we're there, man. Like I know Dave always says the S tier show, but we're getting close to where I'm just ecstatic to watch this stuff. And um, yeah, I just wanted to put all that out there right off the top because I'm just so happy that we get to talk about these episodes and i love it as much as i do even as a book reader so you're totally right about lanfear whenever she comes on the screen i'm like everybody shut up lanfear's talking like she's here she commands the room she's such a great addition like you're saying i just i it feels amazing like in season one i think we talked about this a little bit earlier you know it would be a parent and a Gwen storyline away the leaf and it like their storyline would pop up on the episode and you're like yeah whatever but like now it's every character has got something awesome going on. Mm-hmm. They got something interesting that adds to most likely somebody else's storyline that they're not showing, but everything's connected. So it's great. I really love it. You know, we're already getting some of the little seeds they planted in season one, in season two. So, you know, thinking long term, the little details that they're hiding could be really, really good. And it seems like they're paying a lot of attention so, yeah, I agree that this is probably my favorite day of the week. Like you're saying, just <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> real time day. I guess the only spit take I'll have is like this was by far the most uncomfortable episode Facts. of Wheel of Time. And it's not even close. Like the pain I felt during this episode was reminiscent of when Ramsey Bolton was like literally torturing Reek. That kind of pain that I was feeling in my body, just so uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. this show this is the first point we've ever gotten that in wheel of time. And it's, I love seeing how far, how dark we can get in this show. Mm-hmm. Facts, facts, Gwen's facts. weak. <laughs> Such a mouth. Yeah, she broke, so, broke so easy. I could have vomited watching those scenes, man. <laughs> she, she did. So we will, I'm going to call the slightest of slight audibles. We're going to take Leandrin and Landfear scene before land scene, just because we gave Landfear so much love at the top. Only makes sense to roll into what was a fantastic Landfear scene. So basically, Leandrin is back in, um, she's not at the White Tower. She's back in Tarvalon, the city. She's with her boy. And <laughs> she's uh, what the most unwelcome visitor probably you could ever have. Landfair shows up on the doorstep, teaches her a couple lessons, and also uh, takes something away from her. Yeah, this was an insane scene. Like when Leandrin turned around and Landfair was there, I was, was like, this is one of the coolest meetups like of duos and just the possible conversations we're gonna they were gonna have i had two quotes the first one you know the first one is free try it again and i'll fillet you and feed you to your boy like that is just like the fireball she shot at her i will fillet you and feed you to your boy jesus christ i love it and then i at the very end when Lanfear is telling Leandrin, hey like you swore your oaths to the dark not ishi 
she said, you swore your oaths, you can't take them back, but there are many paths to walk through the night, which I just, you know, I love that line. It really does sh- like kind of shed a light on, hey, yeah, your team dark, but it doesn't mean you have to like listen t- to, you know, Ishii. He's not like the one you have to follow. You just got to follow the dark. So I don't know because Ishii, I assume Ishii could just kill her anytime he wanted to. So I don't know. I just love the uh, the way she said it. Like, there's many paths to walk through the night. It's just really cool. It just keeps highlighting the inner politics of the dark side, like of the Forsaken. And I I really like that when they're we talked about it last time. They're not like a cohesive unit, so it's good to see these types of like little game moves that they're playing amongst the dark friends. Also, a little bit of Leandrin's backstory about how she was beaten and starved and forced to marry before she even bled. Um, so. You, know, you were kind of close with your take, Paul. I believe you said that she was a victim of sexual assault, and that's why she didn't like men. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, explains the son and everything like that. And it's such a complicated relationship between her and her son. Like, it's yeah. so painful every time they see each other. But, like, I I don't know. This seems just wild because then Lanfear is just like, don't worry, I'll do it for you. I'll take the pain away, which yeah. is just like Leandrin wanted it. Because it would be a weight off her shoulders, but at the same time, like that's her son. It's my boy. <laughs> Did they mention that he was already being saved by like the dark powers, or was she, he just reaching that point of not specifically? She just has the comment. She has the comment, yeah, where she's kind of like that. You were promised life. This isn't life, type of deal. So because I'm just imagining if she was married off once she was once she bled quote unquote she must have you know gotten pregnant not long after that so the son also must be you know hundreds ish oh, years old. old yeah he's old hundreds? i mean i don't know if he's i mean trivial. if leandrin's how old is leandrin i assume hundreds yeah assume she had the kid before she became an eyes to die yeah exactly before all of that so he's been yeah, around one was when she was young it was before she bled which is funny that that's how they always talk about it in fantasy novels <laughs> yeah but, I don't know. um <laughs> that point aside i just think he's old as dirt i don't know if they ever really give us an age she's older i believe than like moraine and swan but i don't think she's like hundreds plural years old okay. i don't know it kind of seems like what they were saying was she took the o's a while ago to the dark one to save him to keep him alive so he can't die or whatever but now he's so old that he can't die and he's just like barely alive so he could be like 110 or something like that. That's more like that. And he's just been bedridden for, you know, God knows how long. Yeah, they're just extending his life for literally no reason, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, beyond her, obviously, selfish reason for it, which is pretty much the point of the scene. I just really like the visual of channeling that's been killing it. I have multiple things written down about it, but it was just obviously it's like very cruel and wild to watch but she just like sucks the actual air and like life and soul out of him which is pretty wild leandrin's a wild card right now i mean her loyalty to the dark side (laughs) the dark side is just was for the sun but now that the sun is removed and she's lost her weakness she's an absolute wild card i think i don't know but she has oaths so yeah i guess she does she is kind of forcing that but she worked her way out of the o's with the eyes to die so who knows if she's able to 
double work her way out. <laughs> yeah, you guys love this double double agent theory. So <laughs> I guess it's some, I say technically love. still alive. It's alive. Yeah, it has a beating heart. <laughs> the double double agent theory. Unlike Eludrin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and good call. Yeah, that was his name, which is interesting. Woo! We might meet a character with a similar name later, okay. which is pretty funny. Which actually isn't surprising because a lot of these characters' names just rhyme believe that's the last of it for that scene so we're going to move to our second little tiny appetizer scene which is kind of also land fear involved is land and the trio the green trio they stop for the night at an old temple to the forsaken only for kind of the truth of the trio's interpretation of land having the letter coming to light which i personally was surprised by i did not think that they would interpret it that way um i thought this was interesting in the trailers people were like there's no fucking way they're going to fight land. Like there's no way like land would just kill them. And I just was shocked that they even showed that in the trailer. And I just thought the way this scene went was, was surprising to me. I, I thought it was surprising as well. This is my boy land. So it's hard. I always want to defend him here, but tensions are just high. I mean, you can just feel it in the air. There's something in the air nowadays as the dark one gets stronger. People just get a little bit crankier. It feels like, and was reassuring though, seeing our boys kind of doubling down also on, being on the side of good so it was just it was a miscommunication obviously on both sides each side thought they were potentially dark friends and i'm glad they were at least i'm glad that land spilled the beans on everything cleared the air and was like okay i can trust you guys because i see your dedication to you thinking that i'm a dark friend basically yeah the way you said lands my boy so i wanted to defend him i got physically angered like i was like you my face was scrunching when they were accusing him because I, I was like you guys meditated together you guys chopped wood together like come on bro like don't come at him so hard just, just ask him a question so uh yeah i agree don't come out land like that but i get why they did it because you know it is hammerland seat like if he's trying to go to like take her out which is what i was getting they were trying to do or they assumed land was trying yeah, to do yeah. so they're worried about that and i was a little upset land didn't want to walk into the tent where all the noise was um i know <laughs> had a paul sexiest scene yeah like the, what if uh he wild. walked in and it's just like the sounds that uh she's making and then the other two are ready to ambush and he's like yeah i thought we were about to party that would have been uh <laughs> yeah, he was fine that would have been a twist of flames Dude, when's the last time yeah. we got his Paul's sexiest scene? Was it literally like Alice in Borderland? Like when Adi Sue and uh, probably it's been it's been a while. Oh Nothing sexy anymore to me. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it's, maybe, I, it's more of a reflection of Paul than it is of the TV we're watching. Nah, dude. Witcher three. <laughs> yeah. Witcher three was a letdown. So. Yeah, that's usually where it would have came out. <laughs> the OG homies need a Paul's sexiest scene back. Uh, but let me jump in uh, for yeah. a second. Okay, um, I agree with you, Paul. I was getting aggressive in my notes for a second, not understanding why they're about to attack land. And then by the end of the conversation, I was so anti land. Like I was, they were right. I just didn't understand in the moment because it was happening too fast. But then the second he says, like, we found the dragon reborn, that was an epic moment. Yeah, it was crazy. I did not expect him to say that. But I'm going to say a hot take here. And I just feel like season two land has been a little bit of a yawn fest for me. He has yeah, not really been my favorite He's screen just, time taker <laughs> it's like yen in season two of the witcher it's like dude it's like you take away her magic it's like yeah of course she's going to be sad and depressed and every time she's on screen it's not going to be like yay and it's kind of yeah. like lan and moraine and, and you know we've been saying it because moraine's been a lot of lvps at the end of the episodes we've said every time it's like well it's not really her fault she's like in the shittiest situation mm -hmm. in these episodes yeah i yeah i mean he's a beast he's already been highlighted 
uh, fighting some eyeless fades earlier. Um, but one other line that they had all the warders talking together was, uh, do you think the forsaken no weaves that the eyes to die lost, like forgotten weaves, basically? And I was like, yeah, I think they did. I think they know some weaves. I think they're pretty powerful. So um, just really cool that that's how they talk about it. It's like not spells. It's weaves. It's just. I, I, and Loghain does so it cool. later in the episode, too, which is cool saying how he taught himself yeah. all those weaves and he's like why would i give it to you so it is a really cool way to talk about it yeah definitely. language matters paul we know this all right so i think now we can move into the rand slash kyrian storyline slash matt storyline which we will get there but he was a very welcome i not necessarily say surprise but addition because we didn't see him last episode so the initial scene of this bucket is going to be our continuation of the last scene of last episode which is ran going to sleep in the diamond dread manor waking up on the wheel and i was correct that it wasn't the opening of this episode so i just say that to put a little feather in my own cap but basically lambier confronts rand about what his plan is and they kind of spark this like delicate agreement before rand wakes up and leaves Moraine because the agreement was that he has to get the fuck away from Moraine. So lots of good quotes here. We were dying to know what was going to happen here. So we learned it obviously pretty quickly. Let's talk about it. Sexiest dream, baby. Dude, Rand Dude, looks yeah. so fucking good strapped He's to that so wheel. Yeah. He is ripped, I was man. Just, Holy shit. His whole body could be a tech deck skate park with all the ramps <laughs> and ridges. And like, it's unbelievable. Wow. That's, yeah, that, that's sexy. Like, that sexy comment was about Rand, not Landfear, by the way. But, you know, it, she yeah, had it. It took I me mean, about she's... a minute for my ears to start working because my <laughs> eyes were just so glued to Rand's body for like a, a few minutes there. I was like, I can't not yeah. look at this man. He's yeah. just yoked. Love him. Yeah, they're like, all right, Ryan, you're gonna get tied up shirtless scene season two. Your choice, and he's like, yeah. obviously, I'm gonna get ripped for it. Yeah, you um, hopped in the gym. Few g- amazing drops here. The fact that she was protecting him from Ishi mm-hmm. this whole time, so cool. Because you know, it kind of makes sense. You know, where has he been if he's trying to infiltrate this whole time? Landfish is just like, hey, get off my boy. That was awesome, and how they. We're having the conversation and he said something like, I thought you would never turn. And she physically gets angry and is like, I thought that once too. And assuming that was loose back in the day, you know, she loved him, thought he would never turn. He turned to the quote unquote, I should die. I don't know. Cause no, she turns like, bad. about herself. Yeah. Ran, yeah. Okay. Rand is I like, you know, say. a Gwen and them will never turn to the dark side. And she was like, I thought the same kind of like about herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes oh, more sense I, because she I, I took it as the like, one. Okay. I took it as what you were saying, Paul, too, is I thought she was saying that because she loved Luz and then Luz left her for the other girl. I thought she was saying in that position, but that that is much yeah. better. I, I, mean, I, guess, yeah, I that, took it that she was saying, like he said, I, you know, they would never turn to the dark side and she thought she would never personally turn to the dark okay. side. And then obviously events happened and it pushed her that way is her take on it. But what you said, that makes Paul, more sense. it goes into what we were, what the quote you brought up earlier with her, like you can, there's multiple paths to walk in the dark. And this kind of shows that with um, Landfear kind of dismissing Ishii here on, you know, protecting Rand. Like that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really help the dark side because Ishii wanted to get in there, he would, but Landfear clearly ha- is protecting Rand here and that is going against a little bit of the dark side. Was cracking up because she's telling him how Moraine has been manipulating him these past few months as well. 
And Rand's like, all right, who should I get manipulated by? This sexy woman who's standing in front of me or Moraine who's super rude and been really... It's like, all right, Lanfear, I guess I'll let you <laughs> manipulate me. And so, let's be honest just funny. here that Lanfear, besides having the baggage of the name Forsaken, hasn't necessarily done anything that's like pure evil towards the good yet, like on screen, anything like that, right? Like so, Rand well, specifically. She blew yeah. up well, towards yeah, but okay, you're right. On on screen's a bad word. <laughs> as murder. far as our characters know. Yeah. So for Rand yes. specifically. Um, it's hard to read through my notes because half of them are about Rand's body. Uh so I'm like skipping through <laughs> it. But yeah, all caps, but, baby. Rand is jacked. And <laughs> Rand is fucking something hot. that we didn't point out. <laughs> I kind of found this on social media, so I don't even know how accurate it is because I couldn't even fully see it. But if you guys saw um Lanfear's amazing like outfit that she was wearing uh, that you can assume is from the last age when they were farther in the future, which why it was kind of like Hunger Games esque because they're like in the future of like what civilization would wear. And the past. Uh, and well, yeah, in the past, sure. People Both. were saying that the head part of it, which was like almost like a completed circle, not like fully touching, it was like white and black. Like so it was supposed to represent Sidine and Sidar, the male power and the female power, kind of like perfectly split down the middle. Just cool little costume shout outs to the to the team because I know that they care so much about those there's a whole team built around making that look realistic and there was probably a lot of thought that went into it so i saw a lot of people praising their costume department yeah we've been definitely shouting out the wardrobe department a bunch mm -hmm. um these episodes because like you guys have been saying the different factions the different areas uh, of like the continents and you can just tell right away where they're from so really really good I like and her then, kind of planning that, maybe not necessarily planning the idea, but her like pointing out like, you know, you, you think it's really a coincidence that you're in Kyrian, the only city that Moraine still held, holds sway in. The fact that Loghain's also there, like you just assumed that these were coincidences, like this is not what's going on. So I like the, the game that she's playing to obviously turn him against Moraine. Clearly it kind of works. It's also really that that way in the books, basically, that Morand is, I mean, Morand, Morand, Rand is quite distrustful of Moraine. So that's really worked for me. And I just love seeing her like reference Luz Theron Telemann to him when mm -hmm. she's like, you know, Luz did the same thing, pushing those away. He loved to protect them. Like she kind of makes fun of his idea of faking his death, which was good. And then he gets a little aggressive and she goes, oh, I guess there is a little Luz in there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, talk dirty to me, girl. I like when he says Lanfear too. I don't know. Yeah. That did something for me. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, what happened to Celine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. She's yeah. like, what I ever do to make you not trust me? And just looks at the fact that he's at the wheel and she goes, <laughs> uh, and then just fucking flicks her fingers and all of them are free. Her like mastery over the dream world is one of the coolest things that this show introduced, especially with Paul already shouted out. Like she was protecting him from Ishi, which makes so much sense. Like in hindsight, why was he not there every single night? He was closing his eyes and it makes a lot of more sense now. The flicking man, just so much flicks yeah. from everybody. Just dishes <laughs> it out to Ishi too. Oh, that was cool. Um, ah, don't jump the gun. That's a great scene. Though. So the, the back part of this is just the fact that Ram wakes up. Moraine's like, hey, baby, what's going on? And Rand tells him the condition of the deal. He's also a little upset at her. He basically says, I've stayed too long already, leaves leaves Moraine crying, which I thought was just like an interesting visual because we don't necessarily see that a ton. So that's where she's at. Clearly rock bottom. Not great mm -hmm. to be Moraine damage right in this world right now. I don't know if we got it before. We probably did, but I did like the line where Rand says, like, you're the one that moved Loghain like right where you want me to go so I could be close to him and meet him. And that made a lot of sense because I was honestly thinking earlier on 
Swan Sanchez said you're going to be a prisoner in, you know, the White Tower to be an example for like for everybody who tries to any man that wants to channel. So I was a little confused about why he was out all the way over here, but that makes sense that Moraine got involved somehow, which I don't necessarily fully understand because didn't she get banished at like the same time? So I don't know how she would have like sway over that. Yeah, it's but, difficult to know why she could have like got him out of Tar Valon, but it's easy, I think, once he was out to get him into Kyrian like that. They do tell us when the two of them meet and he's like, you're the reason I'm here. And she kind of doesn't dissuade him of that notion. So that idea has been introduced. And at just Moraine pulling strings is always fun. Okay. They could they could have played the Taviran card, which I honestly thought they were going to, but it's fine doing it this way too. Yeah, tis what it is. So the next scene is going to be kind of two small scenes. It's Matt and Min. We finally get to see them again. They were not in the last episode. So they arrive in Kyrian, which is presumably the foregate, which to a little bit of a night of debauchery. Matt is absolutely loving it, while Min is apprehensive because she knows that this is kind of like the end of the road of her deal with a Shamayil, who at night comes to her in a dream. And I am just a big fan of this scene because I love when he is in people's dreams. <laughs> not Rand's, though. Yeah, how do you guys feel about Lanfear being on screen is just how I feel about Ishi. Just anytime <laughs> he, he's on screen, my ears perk up. Oh, he's up there for me. It's just Lanfear somehow catapulted him, which yeah. I didn't expect. Yeah, I, I was getting a little uh, annoyed, honestly. The fact that Min did what Ishi wanted, but like the deal wasn't technically like he wasn't going to fulfill it. I was a little upset because like, how did you know? He's like, oh, I'll promise next time you do this, like I'll get rid of everything. So I wish it was kind of more binding a little bit or I guess it's just his, it's just his manipulation. Okay. That's just just goes into his character. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's the betrayer of hope. The father of lies, mover of plot. This is all three. Bang, bang, bang. Was the stealer of scenes at one point, but I I don't know. No, Lanfear's got that title now. Sorry about that. We passed it around. I think so. No. Until the next Forsaken shows up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Very true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Because we still don't know. She said, like, what happens if I don't do it? And he just kind of snaps away. But I, I don't know. I want to know what happens if she doesn't do it. Yeah. Like, just does well, nothing happen? Or is he going to, like, hunt her down and kill her? Like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like this is kind of par for the course for getting into an agreement with the seemingly all-powerful evil being. He's going to amplify her powers by two. It's not really probably going to work out the way you want it to be. I just love when it like skips when he's talking. I think it could be potentially a nod that he hasn't like fully mastered the dream world, but also I feel like it's like kind of scarier and it feels more like horror like when Mm -hmm. he like kind of skips around and and speaks and stuff like that. But essentially the last step is that he tells her that Rand is now in Kyrian and the last step is to make sure that Matt leaves with Rand so she's shocked, like, oh, my God, you know the vision. How do you know the vision? He doesn't confirm nor deny, which is a classic move. And he kind of, Thanos snaps himself away, which I love the visual of that. It looks really good. The fucking CGI and special effects this season have been amazing compared to last season. Agree. Is, like, Min's power a sub-power of the dream world? Like, how she can just, like, I don't know. I feel it just, like, doesn't make sense. To me, that's like, I guess not, because in the books, it's more not seeing actual images. It's just doing like little prophecies. Yeah, she's not really like seeing shit like that. Dreams. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get it. I'm just curious of the origins of her powers. Throw it on the board, baby. This is what we're here for. Yeah, it's true. 
So we can now move into another dream, which is Rand. Dave has been obviously chomping at the bit to discuss this one. So Rand has another nightmare of killing his friends. I believe this is how we kind of open his storyline in episode two. But this time, instead of it being a Shamiel kind of laughing and going away, it's Lanfear whisks Shamiel away. And Lanfear and Rand strike yet another deal in this dream, which is an interesting one as well. Yeah, this was a phenomenal scene. Finally, getting the get to say we get a more another wrist flick officially. <laughs> another wrist go, flick. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, we are able to see Lanfear kind of just teleport Rand to places of people that are dreaming, aka Egwene here in this scene where she's mm-hmm. asleep in her cage. And I'm kind of surprised. I shouldn't be that surprised that Lanfear actually took him to see Egwene, and that whole interaction was it. It was very touching, obviously, because we see that Rand obviously has endless love and affection for Egwene. It, it was painful, though, at the same time, because she is basically in a state that Rand was not expecting to see her in. And yeah. now she's got some hope, though, I think by seeing like that was more than just a dream. I feel like and even she knows that. And I feel like she's got a little bit of hope <sighs> now, but. We'll Opposite see. effect for me. She's like, dude, I'm going fucking crazy. Like, I'm seeing <laughs> Rand. I'm yeah. seeing I'm seeing a, a ghost right now. Definitely possible. But I'm just shocked that, that, that Lanfear could have him there just because. Well, I don't know if she knows that Egwene is the one that Rand is in love with, but I feel like for her, that would have been, you know, that would have been a touchy subject seeing I would, her lose with another woman that, like, given her PTSD of some sort, which it kind of yeah. did towards the end, I guess. She knows it's oh, They've yeah. had the conversations where it's like, I'll help you forget and you'll help me remember. Like, she knows that there is right. someone else. She yeah. also seen all of his dreams. So, if she's ever dreamt about also a Gwen, she probably knows. Also, I think what I was going to say probably led to a Gwen breaking was the fact that she thought she saw Rand and was going mad. And maybe it literally had the counter effect that he wanted. But a few really good things about this scene. Before I get to those, I got to say the one bad thing, which is one of the first thing Landfear says is uh, you have to be careful. You can die here talking about the dream world and going back to season one when Rand kills himself in Ishii's dream. I remember you guys bringing up like, uh, I guess we'll see going forward if that's going to be an issue or not. I don't know if that is like as of right now what the show's information that's giving us. That doesn't make sense. My only guess is one, he did it to himself and not somebody else, or it like wasn't the one power, or two, it had to do something with the sword, the handmark blade, because still waiting for that fucker to kick in, but don't know how that would work out. Um, so just want to know more of the parameters on that about you can die here and the fact that you can just travel and see the world in real time. I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. That blows me away that you can do that. Though. I mean, We've seen it too. I mean, didn't Nynaeve when she did the trial of the arches and had all those like dreams, like she came out injured too, right? That's, I would say, there's a lot of nuance involved with all of it. There's like certain levels, I would say, of being in the dream world, you know, like like a random person like sleeping and like a deep sleep that hits Teleon Riyad, I think is a little different than like, like Lanfear purposely brings like on like her entire like consciousness and body into the dream world versus like people having like the fact that like she's saying this and matt perrin Egwene, and not are literally dead on the ground but like they're not actually there type of deal they're gonna yeah. go way more into it they're really just kind of this is tip of the iceberg stuff this is like a huge pivotal part of the series 
for a lot of characters. So like we'll get more answers about it and they'll they're going to talk a lot more about like all of the intricacies and nuances of it. It's not a spoiler to know that there's multiple ways to get here, but yeah, I think I think that is what it is and I really can't remember, but I think if you dream it and you're there, you're pretty much safe. It's any other method, you're probably not safe. I don't know what they're um, going to do in the show, they might audible, but yeah. The comments will help. Me, they always help. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you. Yeah, off of that, like if you get knocked out, like can you get go in the dream world if you're like unconscious? Um and then beyond that, did that only work? She could only bring Rand to Egwene because Egwene was sleeping at that time or does it look like so it just happened that she was sleeping or does she like fast forward and she can bring you to the like first time that she's she specifically says i'll give you the gift of peeking into somebody's dream doesn't she say that and then yeah yeah. well i feel like it's also like he wakes her up kind of type of deal where like but then she wakes up later like if she was awake i guess she probably wouldn't be in the dream world they would just be in the cell i feel like that's my understanding of it like because i feel like people's characters are in the dream world often and it's just like emptiness because people aren't there it's like let's say daytime and people aren't really dreaming Actually, no, you're you're definitely right because she says you can travel and see the world, see anyone you want, talk to them as if you were both awake. So I assume that means they have to be sleeping too. But I'm just like thinking in my head if Rand was like, I want to see Egwene. And Lynch was like, all right, we got to chill for another six hours until the sun sets and she falls asleep. And then, you know, totally a thing. Yeah, okay. I think it was just pure. Both people need to be asleep. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to make sure. All right, because I, I only wanted to bring up two things because I thought one of the best lines of the entire episode, I don't have the whole part of it written down, but when Lanfear does pop up, she goes, Ishi, dear, he doesn't want you here and banishes him. She <laughs> yeah. says Ishi, which was the reason I wrote down the quote, which oh, I love I that. Catch that. She did. That's... She said Ishi. I was going to freak out, but she was on the screen. She so listens to Binge Town. She <laughs> listens to Binge Town. Um, that was the one thing I want to say that was awesome. Just the little wave and she's like, Ishi, dear. Uh, and then I thought the acting from Rand was the best at the end of he this after after seeing the Egwene piece. And he says Ish- Ishmael has her like I thought that acting from Rand and I just watched season one again um, right before season two came out. So for us, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, whatever it was, he was fine as an actor in the first season, but he has been unbelievable in season two. Uh, I always forget Joshua. It's Yosha, technically. Yosha, what? It's it's, it's Yosha Stradowski. Okay, yeah. I sorry, we're not. We'll get the names down by by next. We season. have a TV <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know but how nah, it's he's, spelled. He's been, I just can never pronounce yeah, it. Like, he's yeah. been fantastic with like the nuances and like facial expressions. Yes, shifting between emotions, almost like from one sentence to the other. Which is like classic quintessential Rand in my head. So mm-hmm. yeah, when he literally says "please land fear," and then like he's so emotionally corrects himself to Celine because he wants to like butter her up, yeah. and he's like, and he and he like is mad at himself. He even says like "come on," like out loud after like almost under his breath after he kind of makes the flip or the switch up, and then he just screams, "Tell me!" I literally wrote the same thing. I said, "I love this Rand acting." And job. where I am self admitting, I'm not biased towards. Lanfear coming into this show so you like i don't care about your guys opinions on how much i love her <laughs> you guys need to check me on the rand stuff because i am extremely biased on yep. wanting to like him as a character like i've said it on the record he's one of my favorite fantasy characters of all time so hearing like kyle say that it seems like the general public has been really liking him as a character i just need to make sure that i'm not just in this case being biased too yeah, biased Gwen and yeah. Lanfear are going to have a, 
a cat fight at some point. I want that. I want that on the board. I feel like that's well, got to be a showdown. They've got a Gwaine versus Landfear. Land versus Gwaine, yeah. Or land, sorry, Landfear. Not land, not land. That wouldn't be much of a Landfear against Gwaine, yeah. All right, that's on the board. Write that one down. So That reminds me of like Mrs. Weasley versus Bellatrix. for I was getting a lot of Harry Potter like vibes. Like when he teleports out of the, she teleports out of Min's dream, it felt like when the dark, what are they even called? I'm now going to call them dark friends. Dark friends. Death Eaters. Death Eaters, yeah. When they like kind of disappear into the, into their forms or whatever, I think that kind of everyone yet people when people apparate as well. Uh, so, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, apparate. Yeah. So, Dave, when you're saying like it felt a little uncharacteristic of Lanfear, I actually felt this was like perfectly characteristic of her, where like she has that soft spot for LTT. So she like makes this offer to him. He goes to Egwene and she's like visibly uncomfortable in the scene. And then like right when he's about to touch her yeah, face, yeah, she takes it away from him because she's like that's a step too far for her yeah. type of deal yeah, so she's like yeah i thought it was perfect it was like exactly she in her character plus it keeps yeah. it open for interpretation of what would have happened for viewers not knowing the rules of the dream world also true she was probably like look how shitty she looks and then look at me <laughs> like her right like so ugly <laughs> her cute nose okay so now we move into moraine's aftermath of Rand kind of walking away, leaving her. We see she's scribbling this letter that we find out is to Swan, the Amarillo seat, and it includes the words, I've been stilled, which is interesting. We'll talk about that. But she's interrupted Whoa. by a sandwich delivery from fucking the Dwee Barthanis, and that leads to a little argument between the sisters. I feel like the big thing we want to talk about is the fact that she literally wrote down, I've been stilled. Because that's just yeah. been a, a topic of discussion. Is she stilled? Well, is she shielded? Yeah, I didn't even think after our season one finale that she was stilled ever again. I only imagined that she was shielded with like it tied off after you guys kind of explained that that's a thing down the road that we might get to. Maybe we're not supposed to know about that yet. And that's supposed to be like a big reveal. And then they're going to be like, oh, Leandri kind of dropped it when they were in the ways, blah, 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 in season or yeah. episode five. Yeah, maybe or, we handed you the answers to the quiz ahead of time. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if that's like supposed to be something that they're building up and that's why Moraine thinks that. But I genuinely like don't know if she she probably believes it, like if she's she writing does. that. Yeah, because like there's no way to tell if you're shielded or like you just don't feel it at all. I want this on the record, too, that this doesn't happen like this in the books, at least towards the end yeah. of like book one of all this thing. So anything me and Kyle are saying, if you're reading into it, we don't know. Like this could be an all like we have no idea what's happening here. So we're, we're not going to theorize or say anything like that. But like if you're trying to trying to pick something up on the way. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But we're not. Gonna, <laughs> we don't. We don't know the answer. Is what I want to yeah, get yeah, yeah. through. Like she could be still. She could be the knot could be tied off of her shielding. We we're all free balling it here. It didn't really surprise me seeing the word stilled. I just have always been under the impression that she's been stilled. I the shielded thing, I guess, kind of went over my head a little bit, and I just have just assumed that she's just always been stilled. But now I'm thinking about it. If she's gonna get her powers back, which I will, which I do think is gonna happen, it would just make more sense for her to be shielded. And for her to think that she's still because, like Paul said, she would have no way of knowing the difference if she's just cut off from the one source. She's just cut. She's just cut off. She wouldn't have any way of knowing. 
I think I'm on Team Shielded, yeah, and she's unreliable narratoring us where she doesn't know the truth. Correct. So yeah. I just feel like that would be just like a very nice like twist for like non-reader audiences. But how does she break out of a shield then like that? Like how what would be the catalyst? Like she needs to confront Ishi? It's tough too, because it's you'd feel like Rand. I could say, I mean, theorizing, if she's shielded, maybe Rand gaining more of a level of mastery, he'll be able to recognize the shield is there. Because like a, another I said, I can't because it's it was used by theoretically citing because it was Shamiel, who's a man. That's the side of the power that he uses. So like Marine can't detect it. That's a great point, actually. I, didn't think my, I think there's like one thing I'm thinking of where like maybe she could detect it, but I don't. It's tough. It's tough. But that that would be my like that feels like my like stepped process is like Rand gets more adept at using it. He recognizes it. He tells her the truth, and it's like whoa, she's shielded, not steeled. So, question for yeah. you, Paul, because I know the answer from Dave. We were watching it together when she was writing that letter. Did you know it was to Swan right away, or did you think that it could have been to Lan or or Rand or anybody? Like, who did you think she was writing that to? Swan was my first guess. I, I mean, I was like ninety percent bot like there because she doesn't share any information with anybody, and the only one she we've seen open up to and tell to Neil actually, which is that was Paul's yeah. sexiest scene right there. Sure. That was when Moraine told Swan, "If you go back and listen, there was some saxophone." Um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I always knew it was going to Swan, or assumed it was. I think I said Swan right away too. But the only other person I thought it could have been was like the sister, like maybe Maureen was trying to dip out and was just like writing a goodbye note to her sister, kind of just saying, hey, I've been a, I've kind of been kind of down because I've been stilled. So give, like put a little less pressure on me. But it made sense that it was going to Swan. I was just going to say about her nephew coming in and then her sister coming in. And we learn a little bit about how she didn't come home, even when her father was on her deathbed. She knew that was happening, too, and chose not to come home. Um, yeah. They did What was I so important, Paul? What was so effing important? About that? No, I mean, that was the quote she That's said. That's Swan Muff. That's what was so important. That's what she said. Oh, oh, what well, was so important? I thought I was like, dude, I don't know. Paul was, was offended. He was offended. <laughs> I forgot about that line that you said. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, they didn't really give us a timeline, but like, I assume it was during the last 20 years when she was looking for the Dragon Reborn, because that could be my only guess. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's so important that we she has to find the Dragon Reborn. She doesn't care about her father, who she actually... She did say too that she very much loved her father too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that also they said she was well, her father's favorite. Here's the thing, which I want to ask you guys: when you are stilled, I assume you can break the oaths. Yeah, the oaths are put upon you by the one power. Once your connection exactly. to the one power is permanently severed, then you are no longer subject to the oaths. So it's permanently, so not stilled. I'm sorry, permanently, Jesus. I'm sorry, you're shielded. <laughs> not, not. If you're shielded, um, you would still be subject to my knowledge up to the O's. Okay, because I'm just thinking right now, if she doesn't know if she's stilled or shielded, she should just try to lie. And then if she lies, oh. she's like, oh, I'm stilled. That could but, be a little but that, right there. I, but that's like an intricacy that they could change without telling us, and it still will make yeah. sense. So it's just guesswork. 
Okay. I mean, what's the other O's? The one is you can't lie. The other one is you can't use the one power. So obviously she can't do that. And what it's, was the third? The second one is you can't use it against a sister or a non-dark friend or, or, or yeah. right. Well, she obviously can't use the one power in general now. What's the third of? I can't remember. I also can't remember. And Kyle yeah. seems like he's Googling it as well. Right? Yeah, now <laughs> I'm like a little bad because you kind of like it was to combine them. And I was like, I feel like both of them are that one. It's oh, it's a, it's about making weapons. That's what it is. Can't make a weapon for one man to kill another. Oh, OK. Well, she and then you can't use do it that either, to so. kill another person unless it's in the defense your, of your life, your sister's warder sister, yeah. or against Shadow's okay. yeah. So the only plot hole thing would be to be able to lie. So. I don't know. I was just right. because everything she was saying and I like couldn't tell if it was alive when she says to her nephew later on, like, oh, your sandwiches were and still are good. I'm like, I guess she's telling the truth. And I was like, wait, could she lie? And then if she did lie, she would know. So I assume like, I don't know. There's like a whole bunch of different shit going on. I have two little comments. I'm just so interested, but almost not at the same time of what they're doing with Moraine and Barthanis, her nephew, they're clearly giving it screen time and focus, and it's becoming like a big part of her last two episodes, kind of. So I'm just interested, I guess, to I was, see where that ends up going. I was thinking the same thing. The only thing I could think of is like, I, I, I'm walking away from this interaction liking Barthanis. Like, I do think mm -hmm. he's going to be yeah. a good king. He's very genuine, and I think he cares a lot about people. So that are signs for me for a good king. So, yeah. We'll see. And the other thing was I was on uh, Dragon Mount, which is another good wheel time content creator on like a little rewatch live stream where we rewatched the episode. And Tom had a from Dragon Mount had a very interesting theory that he thinks that Moraine's sister is a dark friend. And he thinks that they're like laying the, the foundational groundwork because she's wearing like that, like black lace outfit, which is almost exactly what Lanfear was wearing as Celine. It's in Grant. It's reveal. already. It's already in the books. It's already yeah. That's, so then, and then it was like, also, you could have the perspective that like she gives Moraine the advice to like, do you really need to protect Rand? And then that kind of leads her to being like, hey, Rand, why don't you sleep and go hang out with Landfear? So like, is that a thing? Who can say? I don't she like tried it. to bang. She tried to bang Rand, and she did try to bang Rand. So two or three, that could have been just her taking the short route. Yeah, yeah, this guy is true. this guy is awesome, man. This Tom guy. Seeing the so, future, yeah. yeah this guy's men. <laughs> I was like, first never... I was like, what? <laughs> but I get you now. I get. So you, you said he's mid, and I was like, ah, he's not mid. Dude. Oh, no, he's definitely not mid. <laughs> he listens no. to us. He's definitely not mid. <laughs> so, um, the next little scene is just Swan's carriage stopped on the road, lands there. He pretty much tells her what's going on with Moraine. I'm assuming is all the details of the letter that she was going to write him. My only comment is that the air knives were fucking sick of shit. And that's all I'm going to say. And I assume that that's the only other take yeah. that anyone else had. <laughs> okay. I will take that take for us and move us right along, mm -hmm. which also it was good to see her again. How about that? So Rand now goes back to work. And my comment here was like, they either they have like a really solid PTO policy or it was just like a weekend, I guess, all this happened in like a couple days, which I think it's this, the latter actually. So he asked Loghain to train him, which goes about as well as you could expect for the first time of actually trying to train with the one power <laughs> this was awesome he was just he looked like Nynaeve here when Nynaeve had that burst of energy fighting Loghain which is kind of cool seeing that he is now the subject of two of these people now but Rand looked amazing here and the CGI like you said Kyle has been on point this season definitely and I, I was 
kind of like trembling, just looking at how much power he was just conjuring up and looking just gassing him up like, yeah, this it's fucking yours. All that shit's yours. But then he has like, ah, you got to dial it back a little bit. But yeah, yeah. But it was awesome. That burst of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, what it reminded me of is and this is going to be super niche. So I don't even know if half the listeners are going to be able to relate to this, but uh, X-Men first class when all the new recruits, I think it's first class are showing off their powers in the like little room and the one disc guy like Havoc. does like the hula hoop Havoc, thing yeah. Yeah. yeah it looks like that times like 12 and mm-hmm. just okay, yeah. it it looks awesome the way it just like grows and grows but it's still almost like orbiting around him like he is the center of it but there's just so much flowing out my only question was of course, we say this every time. We didn't have subtitles, so I was trying to listen. I listened a few times. It sounded like Logan says, "Like, yeah, that's it." Like he could tell that Rand was starting to be able to touch a little bit, and it's just going to go back to the question: Can Logan see the weaves around somebody else? That's the tough part. It's if I'm he not, seems if he's like cut it, off. It's, I mean, if he's cut off. He can. Yeah. You know, you could argue that he shouldn't. I feel like I'm in the camp that he shouldn't, but I feel like I'm enjoying the season so much that I'm okay with it. Being maybe it goes. Thing. But if it's a change, the there's yes. nothing. There's no reason why. Like, if it's this is oh, a well, legitimate I mean, change, I mean, it yeah. could be a change, and I don't like the change. That's where I feel like I'm at. Okay, that's fine. But as long as they're not, I'd rather it be a change than inconsistency. Yeah. Also, just be what you guys were talking about, like because the males pull from a different source, like he's able to see that source versus yeah, that's being like able me. to see if Moraine. Yeah. But why? He that's like me twisting myself into a pretzel to try to make it make sense within the book canon. Not even really. So it's just, I guess, is a thing. I'm sure, like yeah. most things, we're going to get an explanation eventually. We will see what happens. We're in the seed planting phase of this 14 book series that i will remind you guys of but my only comment is like finally is my comment basically like we haven't seen rand really do like a burst of power that got stolen in season one when he should have been the one at uh uh the The gap yeah tarman's gap yeah should have been him and when nynaeve does that explosion when Logan gets gentled all the way back in season one like that's been more power than Rand has ever showed so I'm, I'm happy we finally got the dragon reborn to show this amount of power physically to us so happy we're there because it took a while and this should have been what we did at the end of season one i thought your Absolutely. final take was going to be that you've been explaining this whole time of like women kind of embrace the power and men like grab hold of it that and was yeah okay yeah they kind of solidified that in the show canon here where Logan says, like, you've been surrendering the source, but you need to fucking reach out and grab that shit. And he uses the same words that Lanford used in episode four, because we're on six. She's, he says, if you want power, you need to take power, mm-hmm. which is exactly what she told him when they're on that cliffside. So I thought that was fucking awesome. And you saw the black taint. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Again, that could be another thing that they've been inconsistent with. Like, who knows? Or is it because he, like, did this this grabbing of the power that the taint starts to come out and it starts to... Affect yeah. him like it Rance did to taint. Yeah. Rand's taint's getting yeah. bigger Finally, all of a sudden. We get to see his taint again. So, uh, another thing, too, I just like that Rand says there's not enough time to learn how to use it. And Logan, kind of similar to what Dave was getting at earlier, of just with that much power, you can do anything. You can fight anyone you want. And it's like, let's was fucking the, go, baby. That's that our fucking protagonist. The best. I fucking yeah. love yeah. that so Dragon much. Dragon Reborn, that baby. Was, yeah. Again, 
is that reflecting off if he just saw how much power Rand can yeah. do? I assume it was, yeah, but um, I absolutely <laughs> loved, absolutely loved uh, Rand convincing him finally when he's like, dude, look at you. You thought you were going to be such a big deal. You were either going to save or break the wheel. And now look at you. You can't even do anything. Your only chance of being a little significant is helping me. And Logan's like 10 seconds to think about it and like, oh, fuck. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, grab it. You got to go grab it. So I just, <laughs> that was I good. thought Rand, oh, the, way Rand the way Rand manipulated Lanfear in the beginning and the way Land Rand manipulated Logan right here, he's just assume he's going to be pulling moraine strings. Yeah, he's like not going to know he's what he's way up the ladder. He's like that. a sponge, baby. Absorb all this information. Who cares where it comes from? Let's fucking become the dragon reborn. Right now, yeah, he has to roll ten or higher, but soon uh, he's got to be rolling fifteen or higher. You know, he's got to he's got to make yeah. it. Yeah, he's, his he's minimum definitely twenties or higher. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's going to have so many shooting up the charts modifiers. Yeah. <laughs> so after this, so Rand does do a little baby spat up, which I just want to mention because i like saying baby spat up uh, after this a sulking ran kind of overhears a very familiar voice in the foregate doing a very familiar activity for that familiar voice which is gambling and dyson and he comes up upon his old buddy matt who seems to be cleaning out the pockets of some local degenerates so he was unlucky in season one and i feel like he was kind of rolling in it right now in this scene which was funny Mm. This was just really well done. I felt genuinely so happy to see both of them reconnect, even if we got the different actors. Like, I think yeah. the show still did a very good job of, you know, getting us introduced to the new Matt, making us get, you know, accustomed to him and what he's into and everything. And I, I just it still felt like a genuine reconnection. And I didn't even care that it was a different actor. Like, it just felt like such a wholesome reunion. And both of them were just so good at, like, you know, being yeah. happy for one another. It felt we so could, good. We could talk about the drink stuff, too. Like those two scenes are pretty much the same thing. Uh, in regards to Matt actually having good luck and winning, it's it makes sense that he had bad luck because he turned around and all everybody just took all their money back because he was so distracted. So like, there's bad luck it. again. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. He's distracted, <laughs> which is great. He was going for hard eight, so shout out craps. One eyed snake <laughs> in the wind. Yeah, my head got he's definitely playing craps. <laughs> I was getting some chills from this moment, but it's probably because of the amount of book knowledge I have that when our main characters break up and get back together, it's the best moment ever. So I have there's yeah. so much baggage behind these two coming back together that I was right or fucking just I was just hooting and hollering like it was such a good moment. Didn't last long for Matt because Jesus Christ, man, this dude mm. knows how to piss me off. And that's actually true to the book, because at this yeah, point in the book, yeah. I was anti Matt. <laughs> dude, swamp his actor you guys were talking about rand's acting earlier which i agree rand's actor is shining this season matt's new actor he is absolutely killing it dude he is so good here the way he he just genuinely seemed happy and almost started crying when he saw rand later on with his scene with min and his confrontation of whether or not to go back to Rand, just so unbelievably good at being able to be smiling one second and all of a sudden realizing that your heart is broken and the people you trust you can't trust and geez i feel so bad for him man he is just getting kicked around he has no idea what to do he's trying to keep his head above water and like every time like somebody's throwing him a a lifeline it's just like ah, jokes on you it's fucking lead go drown mm -hmm. so 
Uh, that actually is a perfect description of what's been happening to him. He's I just, just, yeah, it's he's so charismatic, man. I just, I love him. They're giving him mm-hmm. great dialogue. It feels like when he's like, you know, where's your hair? You look bloody awful. He's asking, you know, yeah. they go get a drink and everything. The one quote, or I guess technically combination of quotes that I love, which was just straight book, Matt, was like when he says, who else is going to keep you from being an arrogant prick? Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, classic that Matt Durand of like, you know, you're oh, Dragon Reborn when he jokes with him and he walks <laughs> away. Like, that is exactly how it should be. And it was just, they fucking nailed it here. Mm-hmm. We're not better off without you. You know, we're better off with you. They That's trade those two to each um, other. Pounding the table for more screen time in these last two episodes because mm-hmm. it, it just hasn't been enough. And I know what's really coming. So it's like, right? Seven, eight? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I just never realized i never thought about it It sucks so he was definitely lying when he first saw ryan was like oh where is everybody like where's everybody where's Egwene?" he was lying right because he was just a coward and walked away he knew where she was yeah Um, he knows where and then he is for sure he catches him up a little bit though is it kind of off screen when they're like well no and then Rand kind of tells him here he kind of left at the eye of the world. They, they all think that he's dead. And he says that the champion has a Gwen in Falm. He knows it's a trap, but he wants to save her. And Matt's like, obviously, like we got to go. We got to hit it. But I got a lady's heart to break before I get there. Dude, I wrote that down and I was like, Matt is awesome. Like, I fucking, <laughs> I know he's, I know he's like ignoring people and cutting off his friends and running away in a sense. But I'm like, dude, this guy's so charming. Like, <laughs> I gotta just, lay this arts break real quick. With what little screen time? I mean, they're they're technically giving us the idea of Matt. I feel like that's Matt, so it's good. It's just we just need more of it. That's all. Just stick through the growing pains, and we'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Here's the lead, though. We get the lead yeah. right here. Yeah, moving to the lead. Is as that soon Matt? as Matt was like, one hour, I will be there, and he like doubles down. I was like, he's not gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, but you could argue for good reason, kind of. So. Uh, basically, Matt returns to the little flea-ridden fucking barn that they're staying in and tells her that he's leaving. She ends up revealing the truth to him, which makes me mad and him very conflicted about the promise that he just made to Rand. It's just another heartbreaking scene for Matt. Just very well acted, like you said. Um, some good quotes. I don't know how much we want to get into all of it, but the floor just, is obviously open. I'm just going to quickly just say my piece because this isn't worth that much of a conversation, but I wanted to kill men. I wanted to kill her so badly here. And I loved Matt's reaction in the first half of the scene. And then what he ends up deciding, I was like, fuck me, dude, Matt back it back in the dumps where he belongs in my book knowledge of this part, this point of the story. I was just so hype in what we were just saying there. Like, all right, we're going to fall. Let's fucking go. Like I was so high. And now I'm just watching him watch Rand through those little, through like that little fence. I'm yeah. pissed. This is how I felt when he just didn't go talk to Egwene when she was crying at the White Tower because over Nynaeve. It's so frustrating. And that sums up, Matt, the first three books, two books of Wheel Time. Just putting this together now, I think that Min is all these visions are just coming straight from Ishii because that's the reason he could take it away. And he is giving her false visions and showing her because these visions are part of like the dream world or whatever and Lanfrey even said you're trying to dabble in it more you're getting better at it the last time I saw you so maybe he's given Min these false dream world visions question um, then do you believe that when we saw the flashback of her in her childhood when her aunts were making her fortune tell for money and stuff like was that also Ishi even though he was like kind of like I was assuming yeah because that's only like you know I mean, 20 we don't... years ago 
we don't know so, the relationship like why they know each other yet so it's very possible that he's just been why is she her. and men know each other yeah we do we know that's from through leandrin right that's kind of the connection that's i don't know been somewhat established yeah i actually i don't know i kind of like want to just double back on everything i just said because <laughs> I mean, if, backspace, if she, I'll backspace and take it off the board. Yeah, if, if she wants <laughs> uh, Matt to go with Rand, then why would he give Min the vision of Matt killing Rand, and which would cause Min to tell Matt not to go there? So, I don't know. I'm going to backtrack. What okay. I'm trying to say is, it's I don't know what the, the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> Very fair way to say that. I feel like, yeah. for me, it's the, the knife. She does explicitly describe the knife here, and so... I mean, well, obviously, like, you know, Matt is processing mostly the fact that he's going to stab Rand. But I think, like, once they kind of separate and some time goes by, like, that knife is going to come back into his head for whatever reason, whether it be because Min brought it up here or something. But I I think it's important that he now knows that he's going to be he's tied to that knife in some way. When I heard knife, all I thought was pot on Fane, put him on the screen. Yeah, like that's Ruby Dagger. Like, I don't know what Matt thinks of that. Like, I think he just mostly, again, just focused on the idea of him killing Rand. It wasn't so much with what he was killing him with. But I think when he thinks about it a little bit more, he's going to want to investigate the dagger a little bit and unfortunately go back to it. Mm. Uh, two kind of quick connected scenes is just going to be Moran wakes up Moran. Moraine. <laughs> I think that's like the fourth time I've done that. That's Moraine. the couple. They're shipping names. <laughs> oh, so. God. Get that. Away You're in on that. So <laughs> Moraine wakes up a new woman. And she has the kind of new lease on life. She's walking around. She's nice to the butler. She's complimenting sandwiches. And then a brand new wrinkle is thrown into this good mood in that Swan Sanche has arrived in Kyrian and has summoned her. And then we see Swan physically arrive in Kyrian. We know that Leandrin is there because she tries to make a little light, funny joke about how they installed the last monarch on the Sun Throne, which is what kind of this high seat of Kyrian is called. Shuan's not really having it, and that's kind of it. We can talk about whatever we really want. Don't know how much we will talk about, but as always. When Landrin goes up to Swan, I was just singing She Knows by Mio. <laughs> I was just like, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think she obviously does know that Landrin's uh, Black Aja. Love the references that we get with that every time. But I, I think it was really odd. Like Swan like coming out of that carriage was just so amazing because she just looks like a powerful person, just not just, you know, physically, but just the way she's dressed and everything, like the amount of attention she gathers with whenever she steps out of, you know, a room or into a room, whatever. It's just, it's always so cool to see. It's just a great reminder for her that she is just the top of the food chain right now in terms of Aes Sedai. We've seen two of the 14. We know that Yatska and Leandrin are there. Maybe we'll see. Although I, I also think we got a sneak peek of Queen Galdrian. If that's who that was, kind of standing on this on the steps, like as a, a welcoming party, receiving her. Another comment that I forgot to make in the Moraine's fight with her sister is that when her sister and I just thought of this because Swan Sanchez's title is mother to all the other Aes Sedai, is that um, her little sister goes, "You're just like mother through and through." And I can just picture people like because I guess now thing on the internet is being like she's so mother, like calling people they like like women they like mother. So I think people are going to run with that because Marine is mother. Okay. We talked about Matt's reaction to Ran waiting at the gate. The only thing to talk about here is kind of our takes on the fact that Ran is now going quote unquote alone. And then he runs into Lan and the triple threat trio. Just interested in what people think about the fact that now Rand and Lan have reunited. 
And now Moraine is also in Kyrian, Swan's in Kyrian, Matt's in Kyrian, Min's in Kyrian. So we're kind of getting all of these people now ending up here. Classic Malazan convergence. But when he mm-hmm. says alone it is, dude, a tear rolled down my eye. I was like, Beast. fuck you, Matt. You go, go. Oh, God, it was so frustrating. But that's that's it. Love ran for not, you know, getting pissed at Matt. He could have easily just been like, ah, the second time this yeah. fucker's done this. But he just kind of seemed to shrug it off. And was nah, like, sure. That was- that was straight Alonzo Morning. Gif. It was just pissed, and then it's kind of accepts. So it's like, all right, we hitting the road. Yeah. But I personally am absolutely gassed up that Ran and Lan are together again. I feel like when we were talking about the top of this, that like Lan season two has kind of been bled. I feel like this is the journey back. Rand with Lan and Ran kind of alone is like the perfect recipe for me for kind of lands the beginning of lands comeback mm-hmm. let's get a uh, land teaching him how to use that heron mark blade a little bit we already got Logan teaching him how to use the one power so let's get land teaching him some non one power moves here yeah he does so sex- carry on his back and get some of those more of those sexual sword forms in my life and teach him to <laughs> ran cat cross at the corner does- baby <laughs> the dragon reborn get a warder or is he just too powerful he doesn't even or they don't even need one. It's interesting, question, but he should get a order. But also, real quick, regarding last episode, Moraine says Lanfear was previously. I'm sorry, she was in love with a previous Dragon Reborn. And Kyle, curious, did you have any issue with that that they called Loose there in the Dragon Reborn and not the Dragon? Because I know we were talking like, about how that's just like the title that they gave. My take and my initial, probably very loose, like late book knowledge is that like technically, like they're all kind of the dragon reborn like it kind of depends almost on your perspective of it kind of but i I think he might have been the first one that got the actually the title the dragon now that i'm because it was the age of legends right yeah that's why he was the dragon so moraine should have said the dragon not the last dragon reborn it's tough because Because season one you're talking about like these ages have come and gone and come again so like there's a dragon like there's been other dragons that weren't it, to my not like loose there's telemon is you know dra- and then it goes and then rand and then we'll go back again and there will be another age of legends dragon that will come and then it'll come to and then you know type of deal like he is for sure not the second dragon of, of the universe rand is not no yes that is no, he because is not. Wheel has turned endlessly over time he's yeah. like from our reference point like yeah loose there's telemon is the original dragon Anything the dragon's past, a title, right? Yeah, anything further in the quote-unquote past, like past Luce there and Telamon is lost. Like, we don't know about any of that. But, like, eventually yeah. that age will come back around again, and, like, they won't know anything about Rand and what he's done. Well, like, next time it would be you don't know and then, about Luce. And the next, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah but yeah. the next time, they're not going to call him a dragon. They could call him King no, they Puffy will. Cloud or whatever. It just, so they will just, just call him a dragon? I guess that's just the thing. They, it's the dragon well, and, the, and okay. the dark one. Season one, I remember I just listened to one of the episodes where I thought the title of the dragon was like a military title, like general, that they gave to Luce. So... That's why Rand was supposed to be the Dragon Reborn. That's why he's not the Dragon Reborn, 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 Reborn. Mm-mm. Because well, he's not he's the not Dragon like Reborn, 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 Reborn. Because there, we don't have any me- like. There's no memory of the infinite ages that we've been through. Type I, of deal. Okay, so like the title, the Dragon. We might be talking about each what, other, and I'm sorry. The Chosen One is like what we should be calling him instead of the Dragon. If we're talking about infinite cycles. 
because the dragon again was just made three thousand years ago. That title before they like that's what I'm asking. Like before that, did they call him the dragon or was it a different name like the chosen one? Or if you, it seems like you're hung up on the semantics of it, which yes, you totally, shouldn't be. you I shouldn't am. be because like in the books, like. I'm sure I think it's even like early on. They say like we're in the some call it the third age, which means nothing because it's not the third age. It's not the second iteration of the dragon. Yeah, it's infinite. A wheel that keeps going on and on. It's more about what we remember from the last time. Like I'm like Lanfear. It seems like she was a forsaken for the first time when Luz was alive. But the dr- yeah. the dark one had his generals for gener for cycles and cycles and cycles. So it's just more about how epically strong the last age was because it's called the Age of Legends. When they said all of the Terangriol were made, like we can't even do that anymore. The males, the the male power wasn't tainted yet. So it was like such an important pivotal turn. The last one that it's like kind of like the main plot of like why were the dragon reborn now because of how important the age of legends was so i'm just pissed that moraine called the last dragon the dragon reborn when she could have called him the dragon so that's the only thing i'm getting yeah, mad about looking on the interwebs it's basically so the dragon is the title for the male champion of the light against the dark one and it is always the reincarnation of a single particular soul he is reborn in the Age of Legends and again in the Third Age and all equivalents of those ages along the wheel to combat the shadow. It is unknown if he is born again in a similar repeating pattern in other ages. The dragon of the Age of Legends was Luz Theris Telamon. The dragon of the Third Age is Randolph Thor. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say that... It sounds like Luz can be the called prologue, the It says it anymore. indicates that Luz Theris Telamon only earned the name dragon during the War of Power. Same, in the same sense that Ashamiel only earned the name Betrayer of Hope in the the war of power and then it says loose theris telemon was never mentioned to be named the dragon reborn is what it says here so like okay i, I get what you're saying it feels like those two things somewhat contradict each other yeah, yeah it felt like the first half uh, you had me i was definitely on yeah. that side and then the second half i was like no that's just it, it literally happen. might just be an intricacy of like there's just something the wheel does that like people just always come up with the name dragon the writers just, just fucked up in the ring. <laughs> That's just how just it should have said dragon. Maybe. All right. Sorry. That was a really, really long tangent, but I just really wanted to get that because I was super confused. No, that was and fun sure that high generate, level lore to talk about, to be honest. I think that will generate a lot of discussion in the comments as yeah. well. Okay. Whoa. I'm way off the point of my notes. I'm so sorry. All right. All right. That's the end of the Rain Kyrian storyline. Last comments. Going once. Sold. Okay. Moving across the Westerlands, rainy rainland, Randland to Falm. So we are going to take all of the naive, and I'm going to butcher her name. I'm so sorry. Rima Sedai and Elaine stuff first. So this storyline opens in a classic manner, which is Elaine and Nynaeve bickering loudly, but they are interrupted by Basan and Rima Sedai. So they kind of talk here a little bit about why they're there. They just, an interesting thing is they kind of confirm, quote unquote, that Leandrin's a dark friend. Rima has a reaction to it. Don't know if we want to comment on that, but. Ah, she says Black Aja. Just love mm-hmm. when they say that. Dave was yeah. hype. Dave was hype. <laughs> in my head, I wasn't reacting, but I was in, like in physically, but in my head, I was like, just say, just say it, just say it. She's like, Black Aja. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're damn right there, back. He literally said, I wish I said it out loud. <laughs> so you knew that I was assuming it was that. <laughs> I mean, she had the same reaction as Yaska did, which is really cool. That's consistent. Like they hear 
that one of the eyes that eyes a black for or a dark friend black aja and they immediately think of all the repercussions that that means going down the road so i just like that that consistency where she's like oh shit are you sure okay well then all of our sisters are screwed my uh my note says black aja bitches which is meant to be said like when the hundred when they land on the ground and it's we're back bitches yeah octavia blake baby (laughs) shout out to the hundred fans if you've been following oh my god if you're a hundred fan and you're listening right now you've been following us for three years shout out to you please comment so we can give you love please go away you've heard enough of us (laughs) you've heard enough of us i heard our bad face yeah Yeah, Yeah, you probably heard some incriminating things okay (laughs) so this some things i like about this is that i just love this is such a classic naive quote of like Elaine's like stop pacing and she's like I'm not pacing I'm investigating it's like she just can't fucking admit to like any level like, of like flaw or anything her. Like oh my god yeah and then um I just like how Elaine pretty much confirms like she's like that means she broke Rhymus and I's like that means she broke the three O's and Elaine's like all three of them baby I just like how she said that we then learn after I guess Remus and I has and I know I'm butchering that has kind of process this black ajanus she's booked them passage to the white tower with a ship captain that she knows and trusts and the two of them refuse to leave which i thought was an awesome scene i like the quotes there as well but it hit harder for elena for me than it elaine, did elaine bro elaine sorry all the names you'll get so there. similar you'll get there he's, by been, the he's been butchering elaine i know name, i know <laughs> you'll get there by the finale I, I believe this was great for her i mean we already knew naive and you know Egwene's relationship so it wasn't like surprising to see her stay and want to fight but i just love seeing elaine's reaction here and wanting to fight as well just saying i never had any friends growing up and Egwene was literally my first friend so just love hearing that and it was it definitely got me hyped that mixed with her just like being so good with the power like she starts immediately starting the touching the terror on Griol. this is the first episode where i went from really liking elaine to really really liking elaine i know kyle you've been on that train since before even same for me before even seen one kyle was on that train but she's she's been amazing and i will say on the opposite end of the spectrum nynaeve's like ugh, is really starting to come out and i'm gonna be (laughs) i'm gonna be reserved about it because i am so aggressive about it when it comes to her character in the books and someone called me out in the comments whatever uh, you can never you don't know her you, like I you do. Can nev- yeah, that was what it was. You could never <laughs> convince me that that book Nynaeve is a good character. But she I already have admitted multiple times the Nynaeve show counterpart is by far. I like her so much more. She was frustrating to watch this episode while Elaine has been a joy to watch when she's yeah. sitting there just putting her hands up. I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, just fucking do it. Just do it. And she can't. And then that she part is, is she a little does it. Part. And I knew right away that it was going to be way too much. Like there was no way she was getting control of that shit. And of course, I wasn't. Was it? I wasn't mad at Nynaeve there. I was mad at Rima Rima for forcing Nynaeve to get involved. It's like, why don't you two just figure it out if you're so good? Like Nynaeve literally telling you, hey, I can't do it. And she's like, do it. I don't care. Do it. You got Be it. Useful. And <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's she's, clarify she's verbiage here too. The IDOM is the name of what this thing is that's on Egwene's neck and then what they're messing with too. So the if you're going to reference it, it's hard to spell. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The three of them just kind of probing it with the power. And then we, we find out kind of the sad backstory of why they even have it in the first place. I feel like Nine was a little suspicious of why. And we learned that scouts were sent by Swan. So we learned kind of about this in season one, got reiterated in, I believe, episode maybe three or four when Liana Sadai and Leandrin had that little cat fight 
in the room. And we kind of interpret from that that we haven't heard from them. This is why. So two of them have been killed. It looked like when she opened her palm, it looked like a blue sister and a green sister had been killed. And then we learned that a blue sister had been captured. Was, no. was one of them gray? I think it was a gray sister was killed. There's three gray. rings, right? I think. I, th- yeah, I thought the one yellow gray. one was hers. I thought it was yellow and it was her ring. I don't know, though. You could be right. I think there's four, including the one. The that blue, obviously. Herself. Blue, obviously, is the one that got captured. I think there was a gray one one that died i just i just wanted to get that in there because last episode you were saying you can't even name a gray aja off the top of your head so i like that they were incorporating it it was blue green and and gray plus their warders were all killed but yes the blue was captured which in my opinion was a great season one plant now that they brought the the actor back jumping ahead to the end already that was a really really good i just like it went a long way i just wonder if like the casual viewer could have picked up on that like i'm thinking like if we didn't have this podcast i don't know if i would have been smart enough to make the connection that that was the woman that was sent to because you didn't didn't remember i had to kind of remind him when we were watching it's yeah exactly it's been two years that's what like the casual watcher i don't think it would have clicked right away but thankfully we had the podcast so i thought again it's just me always talking about how we just come full circle with these things the weave wills yeah. how it will and that I was the first scene. i remember us talking about it in season one and being like they're doing background stuff like yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the fact that they're talking yeah. about this and so. i forgot <laughs> that was in the trailer too of this ep- or the previously on wheel of time previously that was on. like one of the first things that they okay. showed which was really good yeah that's, actually that's a good the thing. only reason i knew it if i saw her i don't <laughs> good, i don't know if yeah, i would it. have actually recognized her from the spa scene that being said to go back there was an empty seat when moraine was getting her hearing from the blue aja as well there was an empty seat missing there so that was just really cool that they were super consistent with it all the way through i remember kyle being like hey there was an empty seat that's just interesting they put that in there (laughs) and then we put it in the notebook just two i think important things we learn here is that elaine as she's probing it she says that there isn't a latch or a seam and she says that it's a tear on which Nynaeve then comments from the peanut gallery and says, just like the arches. And then why, when Nynaeve in that like very brief period of time before she kind of blows that huge power charge into it. Whoa, that was, was that Paul's sexy <laughs> scene? Um, she says that it's kind of calling out to be healed. And the only way it can be healed is by putting it on a woman. And I just think that's just like a very interesting description of what's actually going on here. I feel like that's obviously more information specifically Nynaeve's take than uh, right Rima Rimus that I had learned on her own just thought that that was like an interesting little thing they give and then obviously that large power load that Nynaeve dumps is enough to alert all of the patrolling Demane they ride out and they kind of descend on the hideout and I just thought the beginning of this where like Basan and Rimus and I are like all right this is it like we got to go out fall on the sword like she had they uh, she hands all of the sisters rings over to Nynaeve and she's like let's get it it's her, her own as well, yeah. I mean, anytime the warder and the Aes Sedai fight together, they're just making eye contact in the middle of slaughtering people. Um, just really, really cool. So, just real quick, uh, Terran Rial could only be made when 3,000 years ago. When They can't yes. make them anymore, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They can't make it was, anything anymore. They can't make Angriol or Sangriol. Yeah. when men could channel, so... That is, coupled with how much stronger they were then than they are now. Okay, so these collars have been around since the last age is basically what I just wanted to get across, question-wise. Theoretically, yes. As far as we know, there hasn't been anyone made any sooner than the Age of Legends, so yes. 
This was just okay. another gut wrenching scene where I just wanted to throw up because <laughs> it was just so painful. There's also a lot going on in with this scene as well. Like obviously the uh, Gawain scenes are weaved in through all of these scenes that we've been talking about. So they're really just ratcheting up all of the like so emotional sick. trauma baggage that's happening. Yeah, and I know we kind of shit on Nynaeve a lot, but you know her reaction to seeing Rima and her warder go out there, and then Elaine kind of forcing Nynaeve to hold back and not go out there and make a sound because you know for the better, it's just better that those two, take you know, get fall. caught, take the fall, and then you know they save everyone. It was just so brutal, and Nynaeve definitely knew that this was all on her. So hopefully, this is kind of like a wake up call for her in the sense that like maybe she starts practicing a little bit harder with her. I'm sure she's been giving it her all, but this might be a little bit more of a wake up call. Like I need to be a little bit more, you know, productive in these situations rather than a, a you know a threat. How about the fucking Sean Chen pretzel that we got at the end? That was oh, amazing, dude! Like just... the hourglass weave that she oh, did it—that was my so God. cool. That was awesome, that just was. to show you how brutal the power can be. Like we knew, like Landfear crushing the guy's head last episode, but you can do anything with the power. It's that was so a wild. preferable death. Oh yeah, crush, yeah. Crush my head. Yeah, hundred percent for sure. Less than a second. Not, Hell yeah. I'll not for Paul. That. Paul said he would rather get his mouth sewn. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, you're not going to die if you can just cut that open. You're good. <laughs> like about getting my head exploded. Yeah, Are we doing pretzel, yeah. pretzel McGee over there? It's also that we've uh, Stone mouth. we've we've learned we had learned rather at this point in the episode that all of the pain that a soldom feels. The Demane yeah. feels times two, so this chick's getting crushed into a pretzel, yeah. and the Demane is just like immobile on the ground, basically. Like, just yeah. you're not actually getting your bones broken and moved, but like you're feeling it. I awful pain, the worst thing I can think of. Uh, that's why I was like, the only reason she's not flailing around is because she like she thinks she's paralyzed right now. Because three <laughs> times worse than that is like. Jesus, she did one snap with the hourglass, and I was like, "Oh, she's done." And then she was like, "Snap, snap, snap, yeah, snap!" Like seven more way. times. When she crazy. caught the arrow, I was so fucking mad. I was so bad. <laughs> that's I also like a no, that was like such a great callback to the books, where it's that's always the example of like, "Oh, I said I are invincible. They have the power," and it's always like, if a fucking archer unseen hits him with an arrow, like that'll kill them just like any regular person. And they literally demonstrated it perfectly in this. Yeah. Obviously, she didn't die, but like the impact that it had was there. Mm -hmm. oh, and, and shout out to worse. fucking her warder, Passant, dude. Yeah. His sword was sick too, and he was taking on oh, a bunch yeah. of people. Not shout out to him, dude. He, like, uh, yeah. He well, just also, yeah, yeah. Before that, D twofold, twofold. Because one, now she has to suffer, and two, the Sean Chan have an unbelievably powerful Demane yeah. now. Mm -hmm. So it's like twofold. You fucked up there. Yep. Her Soft. crying out as the. The collar was going on. My, I couldn't take it, man. This episode was horrible. I would yeah. slit all your guys' throats easily to save you from being a demonic. Yeah, Don't worry. Don't worry. I got Don't your worry. back too. We're making the pact right now. Yeah. Jimmy, if any of us get caught and yeah, are about Jimmy to become would. a demonic, we'll kill the Jimmy other. Jimmy would ones. not be a part of this. He would just eh. suffer. <laughs> Let me back to the demonic. <laughs> you want Wait, is that back to the zombie thing? <laughs> last yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he like, yeah, Jimmy will never. He will never live that down. That he said he wouldn't tell us if he got bit. <laughs> I listened to that episode. I was dying at work yep. when I was listening. <laughs> Such a scumbag. <laughs> and he was serious, too. Do not let him convince you that he wasn't serious. Uh, I think that's kind of all I have. Just very, 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 very emotional. I like yeah. that Nynaeve and Elaine kind of look on together and hold hands. They obviously had been bickering and butting heads a ton up until this. This is like a terrible way to get 
an emotional connection to someone. Shared trauma, like, baby. Shared clearly, trauma. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of trauma bonding a little bit by having to witness this and, and see what happens. So I feel like that will spur their relationship on as we move into these final two episodes. Talk about a trauma bond. Okay. <laughs> so, so fuck, speak about a trauma bond. We're, we're going to move into the Egwene yeah, storyline. Do you want to rip the loyal thing first? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Our little yeah. egg. We'll wait till we get to her. So we get Suroth, the most relaxed we've ever seen her. She's jokey joking with her little private circle about she has more Demane than Turok. And she says, if we measure wealth in Demane, then I have more than Turok, which I thought was an interesting line. And then she shows off her new Daka Vale, which is basically slave, just another word for it. And she does this by forcing our boy, Loyal, to tree sing for the group. And I was shocked by this. Not fun to watch, but to seeing tree singing was was kind of cool, honestly. Oh, Selfishly. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I, looking back on the episode after having seen it all, I mean, I don't know how this relevant this is, but it was just, it felt symbolic in a way that, you know, Loyal sang and then the tree kind of grew, whereas Elaine was, or Elaine, Egwene was now forced to kind of burn, yeah, was forced to burn the tree that she cared for, you know, from her cell. Damn, bro. This this episode had you in your emotional bag. You you didn't even mention your boy, boy. My boy, boy, is she? Inktar, Inktar, yeah, not Inktar. We don't know what that is. More (laughs) eyeshadow than I've ever seen on somebody. Uh, But Loyal singing to the tree. I was just like, Druid, he's a Druid. Like, Uh if he played Baldur's Gate, he's definitely picking the Druid build. Me and Loyal would definitely get along. (laughs) I don't have any other comments, but that's just awesome. The tree singing is awesome. Suroth getting pissed when everybody starts actually liking it and she's like, starts clapping. She's like, all right, let's end this shit. Attention back to me. She sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's the worst. The big comment I guess I'll make, I guess maybe two. A, what a voice. Was that that a baritone, Paul? Uh, I'd say ultra baritone. Oh, I love it. It's not even a thing, but I'm making it a thing because it was that good. Would that have just been bass? (laughs) He could be well no. let's just let's just say <laughs> Loyal would be a pivotal part of any a cappella group. Excuse me. Okay. We're gonna and then the other thing is Ingtar just kind of talking about, I guess, the information that he's gathered. Turok has a room of curiosity. The horn is there. Not many guards to there, which is an interesting thing, but Egwene is being held at what we say what we learn are the kennels where there are lots of guards. And Ingtar is obviously on team the horn. I don't care about Egwene for the most part. And Loyal's like, nah, bro, we can't leave here without Egwene because Loyal is an OG rider. And he says that there's a little steel underneath that exterior. So if anyone can survive, she can. And holy fuck, it's going to be tough for her to do that. Because start of her storyline is that she gets dragged into her cell by the fucking chain and the neck piece by her Soldam Rena. And we kind of begin to learn the brutal truth of her situation. So we learn some kind of things about how Everything works. So the Demane, like I mentioned earlier, feels two times the pain that a Soldom feels. The Adam cannot be removed, not by a Demane, that is. And yeah, those are the kind of two things we learn here. Mm-hmm. And I guess that Just, um, that the Demane, or I'm sorry, but that Soldom can like actually send pain through it. Like she can send pain to Egwene without Egwene having to really do anything. They can't touch the leash when it's like yeah. put on the wall or put anywhere. They can't touch mm-hmm. their own leashes. Think yeah. about anything either, really. Yeah. Well, it's not, the way, that's not what it is. It's yeah. you can't think of anything that you 
Well, I know. I'm, you can't think of and you can't think of hurting yeah, your shoulder. Pretty much, yeah. are, you can't. You're not a free thinker. You can't. Think I mean, you anything. can only be obedient. The only way to not be hurt mm-hmm. is to be obedient. And remind you're me, a, this girl's name again. Renna. Renna. R e n n a. Parameter thinker, not a free thinker. You can only think within certain lines. But the way Orgwain does like the wrist break when she goes for it, it looks really good. Uh, and it makes so much sense when Rena starts talking to Egwene and she doesn't treat her as a woman. She doesn't treat her as a human. She's a demone, which is not even an animal. It's completely different. And, you know, she even says you probably thought it, it was probably heartbreaking when you thought you were a woman growing up and all the shit. But then you realize you're just a demone. Yeah. She pets her head like she literally scratches her hair like she's a dog like scratching behind the ear the fact that it's called the kennels in general the fact that it paints the swan shan as this group that sees these groups of individuals as just not human is insane swan chan did i say swan chan yeah (laughs) bro it is jackie's jackie chan's son sean Sean. you should just write it at the top of your notes swan sanchez swan sanchez swan sanchez and sean chan are just way too way too similar swan sanchez and the sean chan (laughs) yeah we're moving away from this all i know is that i thought there was hope for Rena. She's like, like, I really built on the idea of having a good relationship with your Demane. I was like, okay, maybe we'll get a good Sean Chen. And that just was totally yeah. inaccurate. I fucking hate Rena, that's for sure. Yeah. Do you hate her like like as a bad character? Or do you just hate her because it's like Ramsey Bolton? No, like, no, you want like Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, now. Like I just I hate her. Like I want everything Egwene is thinking, I want to actually come okay, to yeah. fruition. Like, Dude, I mean that that next where like we get the kind of her dream, I guess, scenario when she walks Oh, it in happened and, like, and I was like beat the shit out of her, and I was like, Oh my god, and we get a cruel reality that it it's happens, and I'm like, Oh, best case scenario, this is exactly what you would want to do. Yeah. And then it was not that I got so she just baited. ripped it away from us. I got so baited. I Dave. loved every second that Rena was on the screen if i'm being honest yeah. i thought she was fantastic and i'm extremely excited that we get the build up yeah i exactly excited to hate sometimes i almost love hating on characters like joffrey and ramsey as much as i love loving characters like Jon snow sometimes it's just that great and i think Rena is fitting the bill as somebody that's just she's competent she's an asshole I'm just Earth begging for some revenge. Like, and she's also just like a good actor. So like all around, like Rena seems like a really good addition that I can see is somebody we're going to be talking about. I don't feel episode. this passion about hatred unless like the actress is doing a phenomenal job. Like Luke yeah, said, like yeah. I wouldn't hate her as much if the actress wasn't doing her job here. Yeah. Question, Dave, if they convince her Rena that Damane aren't actual, they're actual people, they're actual women. I mean, and their views are wrong. Would you give her a second chance? Or are you still killing Rena? No, I'm killing her. It's only like, been a week at Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I could buy it. I know it's only been a week, so I'm like, I'm willing, I guess, to give the redemption. But like that, the last scene that we get of her is so just ingrained in my brain. I'm like, yeah, I just, tough. I want Egwene to just pretzel bend her so badly. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> like another wrinkle to it, which is even worse, is that a Demane literally you can't physically touch an object that she believes is a weapon. Mm-hmm. Which is like, imagine your thoughts was, just like kind of getting away from you a little bit. And then it's that just was like excruciating pain for like 20 seconds. Like, that oh, that was my the God. cherry on top of the whole episode is like, okay, yes, she's like, she's a slave. She gets beaten down a lot. 
okay, brutal. We've seen that a lot, but the fact that she can't think about even yeah. wanting to escape is the like that's just the worst thing you could possibly imagine. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I again just reek vibes. You're, you're just yeah, yeah. trapped in this mental game of you have to be obedient. It's what makes the item a, such a unique fantasy concept. It's that. so it's fucked cool. up. It angers me and it's so fucked up, but like I love it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. They dropped the line of affinity real quick when they were talking about the two of them actually working together, like burning the tree and the way she that, said affinity. That day was a tough day for sure. Uh, yeah, she got, I mean, like, well, just like that. Yeah. Like the affinity where like, it's like kind of positive and then it just ends again, same spot. Like we're just broken down again. In my yeah. head, I thought it was like kind of like, um, pacific rim where you have like the two people in the control room and you kind of like share thoughts because she's given the rant she's like oh while uh, uh, Gwen is trying to burn the tree whatever she's talking about how you know we can we're we're one we're together we kind of feel each other out and she was building it up to be like at the end of this accomplishment that Gwen does that she was expecting Gwen to have this like sparkle in her eye of like oh okay now i see what you're talking about Hariko. But if anything, she seemed more afraid or more like pissed off after doing that whole connection with her. So in my head, I kind of thought like maybe she had access to like Rena's maybe not thoughts, but just like could feel her personality and just could really tell that she was just an awful person. Because again, Rena just seemed like surprised that after all that, like the the rant and she accomplished burning the tree, it seemed like she was expecting Egwene to just kind of give in to the Demane and she didn't. And Ogwain again just looked more pissed off after doing that than she had previously, which again she was probably already pretty pissed off. I want to say some comments here because just Egwain was fantastic. I was rooting for her so hard to just keep resisting. I knew the inevitable was going to happen, but she made it through almost four lessons before she actually like, which might be four days. I don't. They didn't do a good job of showing the timelines of what was really going on, but. All of that Egwene acting was great. Like you could feel it. She had so much hatred just every time she walked into the cell. And then you couple into the the Rand dream we had in the middle. Like that kind of was in the middle. I think it was like after the second day of lessons for her. So that made her go even more like mad. And then at the same time, we're also hearing in the next cell over who we were alluding to earlier, the blue sitter, Meg, Megan? Megan? Megan, Megan. Yeah, she's like even like, like kind of repeating herself and just saying Damani mantra. So you, she, Egwene was, she was like, literally yeah, just yeah. reciting the rules over and over and over again. All that of this nice. is just perfection to show like how crazy the Sean Chan are when it comes to Damane. And it's just very entertaining. Some lore pieces and Kyle just, you know, pick up whatever I miss here. We find out that an Aes Sedai or a Marath Damane which is what their name for them is, was the first person to create the collar. Like back in, I don't think they really specified, but a sister was the first one to create the item, which adds another wrinkle of, of interesting. I don't know how much we'll get about that, but basically this all this just to say like the item is one of the most interesting Terangriol in Wheel of Time, and it's just, you can see how powerful it is. So all this shit was amazing. It got my blood boiling. I never want to watch it again, but I loved it. <laughs> like two years ago we're at a pregame and kyle's like pulling the shots or something like that and luke's like pour the water in the cup kyle and he looks <laughs> at us and they're like you'll get that in like a little, like few years and i fucking i get it now all right i fucking remember it now um and then the other thing is i just hope they get an idom and throw it on leandrin 
and that's about it. <laughs> there you go. No, I the, want it definitely on Rena. Well, I guess it wouldn't work because she. Well, it wouldn't know, work. We already know about uh, Leandrin and Sarath's rivalry too. So keep that in your. Yeah, thoughts. which I hope they explain how the handlers or what are they? Sul Sul Suldam Suldam. Yeah, how they can even interact with a Salon Salon Talangriel. Because they can't touch the one power. Terangriel is close. Like, they can't touch the one power. So how can they even manipulate an item that, you know, is invested or whatever? So whatever. That's just something going forward. I just want to put out there. Yeah. To piggyback off of Luke's take on the the Aes Sedai origin, I thought that they flowed that, like, so perfectly into kind of this theme that they've been having for Egwene this this, uh, season, where she's not as powerful as Nynaeve and stuff like that. Because Rena kind of says, like, the novices at the a White Tower are pretty much slaves. Like, we want you to use your power to the fullest extent. Gwen has a great comeback where it's no woman can ha- uh, have power with a collar on her neck. And then the classic, you're not a woman. But Rena kind of responds that it's like, you're, like, very special. Like, I really hope the White Tower told you how special you are. Like, you're so powerful. And that was kind of all the Gwen was really looking for. It felt like when she was at the White Tower was someone to tell her that she was strong and like doing a good job while everyone was like, Oh, where's your friend Nynaeve, the strongest channel in 3000 years. Oh, where's your friend Nynaeve, the strongest channel in 3000 years. So I thought that did like, they played that so perfectly in that scene where that's when like they channel together right after that. You can feel like the walls kind of break down for a a little bit where it's like, not necessarily like I'm home type of deal, but I just thought that was so well done. And then she goes to pour herself the water and she can't obviously. And then she gets beat the fuck up. But Rena's frustration was actually kind of awesome to see her break she was just gonna let the terangriol do its job but then she was like how did that not fucking work and she just kicks the shit out of her yeah and again the next day lesson number Ooh. i wrote it as lesson yeah. number four Egwene originally still gets hurt trying to touch the vase which yeah. i was hype about i was like wow she's still resisting but that this is where she finally breaks down and she i thought dies. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the best power move ever just to take that water and just pour it as soon as she finally did. I was like, wow. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Rena ripped just her skin <laughs> laid from her body so badly. That was just like yes. so annoying to watch her dump that out. I just it's, couldn't imagine being a Gwen just sitting there like is I just want to murder you so bad. Yeah. Especially because like that was what was getting repeated in her head while she was choking and dying is like all you need to worry about is the cup like your whole world is this one little cup and she finally does it and she fills up her whole world and then ren is like good job good girl i'll see you do it again or i'll see you tomorrow to do it again good Good girl girl yeah it was wild Again, just the dog aspect of it in the kennel. Good girl. See and another little wrinkle that I think they should have put more emphasis on was the fact that Egwene was getting no food or water. This was her touching water for the first time in three days, whatever it was. And I she just you were starts gonna, like chugging it. I thought you were right. going to say they didn't show Egwene pooping or peeing in it anywhere in her cell. Just she had nothing in her now. body until this moment. So she literally was like about to die of thirst, I'm sure, until she was able to overcome this barrier. So dude, that was, she was crazy. Did that like scream slash cry that she lets out was must have felt awesome actually. But the pop blood vessel was in the out. Uh, yeah. Oh my dude, she Great. was so beat. I Madeline Madden, I believe I I might have mispronounced her name, was just fantastic. It, this might be the best like single performance in an episode 
like of any episode in the series so far. Uh, she was just so believable. Like Paul, when you said like when she's like twisting herself, like she's obviously just doing that. Like she's acting that. Like nothing's actually making her twist up like that. Like everything was just so fucking awesome from an acting perspective. Not fun to watch, obviously. It's terrible Best acting besides shirtless Masima. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Besides okay. That. As long as we're that yeah, was yeah. just on set though. And shirtless Rand. As you say, either of them shirtless. <laughs> Rand's top three. Either of them shirtless. I'll be like, that's some damn good acting right there. That's some damn good yeah. acting. Just standing there. I um shirtless. I just, I just thought the the music in the Egwene scenes was the really music. good. Music. I literally, literally, my note is the music. <laughs> so yeah. has been on point with the music. And definitely. then we get the last, the actual conversation between cellmates here too. Yeah. And then- we just learned that she lasted longer than a sitter, a blue sitter, mm-hmm. a sitter of the blue Aja type of deal. So it's like, all right, Egwene, we see you. She's finally maybe getting props from an eyes to die for the first time in her life. And then she looks real determined at the end, which is I good. Have she has no idea how the frick they're going to get out of this. I just, <laughs> I you need an army to just to do anything, and I just I don't know where you're gonna get that from. I the episode ended. I'm just I I don't even know where to begin to think on how we begin to formulate an escape plan for Egwene. Elaine, I mean, and Nynaeve have zero information. <laughs> Inktar and Loyal have the most information, and they are completely separated from everyone else. Yeah, and Inktar is only worried about the horn. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is you just get Nynaeve angry as fuck and you just she's just like a nuke you just throw her right <laughs> to the wall the the <laughs> like get real mad just explosion everyone's free that's they're it. like lands ugly chuck her in there she just blows yeah. up <laughs> that's all pretend to stab yeah pretend to stab one of her friends make him think they're dead and then throw her in there yeah, um one little thing about this blue aja sitter is like she is she was literally captured when moraine got her hearing and was banished so that was minimum six months ago so well, i mean she's like, been in this travel you think travel time did they get captured immediately so maybe not she already she been definitely sent months. to battle maybe months, and then yeah. just brought back to the kennel who knows she's been in there a long time is what i was trying to get at so i mean if you're unbroken I mean, if you're broken in and you're still stuck in the kennels, like if that's where Gwen's going to sleep every night, like, I don't know how the hell she's going to get out because that's right in the middle of the courtyard, right where everybody like walks through. So it's obviously got to be like a big prison break or some shit. So, I mean, yeah, I'm hyped because I know something's going to go down. I don't know. Two episodes, I'm like man. getting nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting nervous. nervous that like she's going to get like reek vibes and like they're going to try to capture and pull her out. And she's going to be like, no, I got to stay. Oh, I can't. I can't leave. I can't leave. And like with all that collar and I'll be fucking furious if that happens. Um, but I don't know. That I just was hope... fucking infuriating a Game of Thrones. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hope Nynaeve gets pissed off enough and then slaps that necklace off and gets. I don't understand, though, when Nynaeve was like, it needs to be healed once it's on somebody. But once it's on somebody, isn't it fully healed? And then how are you going to get it off? That's I don't the thing, know. Like it, it feels like broken and sick. That like it's not on a woman, and then like the act of like putting it on a woman is healing it. It's like the vibe she's getting from it. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I meant like, how are you gonna open it if it's like fully healed or whatever? If you know, if it's on somebody, then it's like more powerful than it was when it wasn't or whatever. I don't know. We're gonna get more of it. I'm probably wasting too much time talking about MVP, it. LVP, go, Paul, right now, go. Um, MVP is going to be oh my god, there's so many people. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just do Rand. 
mm. because Rand, I don't know, he had so many good scenes about going up to Landfair, going to Logan, literally going to everybody, making moves. So Rand, Dragonborn, MVP, he's a Not beast. I'm going to mention his pecs. Uh, his tech deck skate park of a body. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Shot and then the LVP, dude, I don't even know. LVP, like I was going to do Moraine, but Moraine's really good at the end. So uh, I. I don't even want to do Moraine because she's so good. LVP, LVP, LVP. There's so many, and there's just one and just easy one. I, I got four like. for each. Yeah, I feel down. like it was easy. Really? I can't think of a single one. I'm just going to pick one. Ready, set, go. Min. Min sucks. There you go. That, that was, was easy. One of them. There was, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. Dave. I was going to say Luke and go, but I'll definitely go. I'll give my my MVP. I'll give it to, to Rima. I feel like the other person that I'm in contention for will be getting a lot of MVPs in the future. So I'm going to give it to Rima for her bold sacrifice to save Elaine and Nynaeve. And then LVP easily going to go to Matt. Mm, yeah, You just, know that was mine. <laughs> the, the, the third time is not the charm with this guy. He loves looking at his friends and then watching them just walk off into the sunset while he just stands around. So I know it's, I know it's in his mind the best interest. It's just frustrating seeing it happen uh okay i'll go next yeah um i will predictably take land fear as my mvp mm-hmm. i don't really need to say much more i've already gave my spiel at the beginning of the episode my lvp was gonna be matt because jesus man and like the frustration i felt about matt from the books like was kind of coming out here and that's what leads me to my next lvp Nynaeve. she is uh hitting me where it hurts she knows i'm sensitive to her as a character so i hope she reels it in a little bit because Elaine has been stealing all those scenes. I need Nynaeve to be cool again. So those are my MVP and LVP. My MVP is going to be... It was going to be Elaine, because I didn't think I was going to get my real one. That was going to be mine. <laughs> but Because she's just an OG rider, baby. She's just calm in the face of the storm. But mine is going to be Egwene, because she is just a beast. I feel like she showed off just like a level of grit and determination that we haven't yet seen in the show yet. So... While she's on the back foot and she's down right now, hopefully she rises from the ashes like a phoenix. And then my LVP is going to be the other side of that coin. Yep. And it'll just be Renna because screw you, Renna. What are you doing to our girl egg? And also, you're not even like a full tatted soldom yet. You just have the little lines traced on your face. So like get in your place. You don't I even liked deserve it. that full tatted face. I like face. the lines though. <laughs> I mean like I, I guess it's going to be like if if she actually breaks Egwene and Egwene is like a great demonic and like she is like worth, yeah. worthy of like the full tatted face. Gets her wings. Yeah, basically. So. I thought well, she'll never Dave, get them. I thought he was going to say MVP Logan just for that. that <laughs> he was in contention. He was definitely there. <laughs> All right. Pat and Fane. Yeah, yeah. In the background, I'm sure he's killing it in the background somewhere for sure. I'm sure it's MVP always worthwhile. Well is pick. always yeah. I don't have to say it, but it's always going to be Ishi and Patton <laughs> fan. It's just that's it. That three, you, you could say it was third. a bad Shamuel episode. Okay, yeah. that's going to do it. Episode six, Eyes Without Pity. We are three quarters of the way through the season, which kind of sucks. But we're a hundred percent of the way through this episode, which also kind of sucks. And we got to go watch some Thursday night football. So if you like what you heard or what you watch, if you're being cool guy or gal or whatever you want to be and watching us on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe, comment. Best way to support us is just doing that. We love you. And thank you for listening. And we are Binge Town TV. We love Rand's abs. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 